Hello, and welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I'm your host, Lisa, the Life Coach. This is the podcast that introduces you to coaches and how they can help you live more vibrantly. Today, I did have a special guest, though. I had Vanessa Campbell, and she is a network marketing expert, and, you know, she does coach. (laughs) She is a coach. Um, I discovered that through talking with her, but she's not um, traditionally a coach, and, you know, she helps people in in the network marketing space, but she just had so much value to offer today about, you know, ways to improve or you know, work on your mindset so that you can go after the things you want so that you can, you know, be happy and create an abundant, happy life for yourself. And I just love talking to her. And it's definitely in alignment with all the podcast is about, which is informing people about coaches, but also about helping you live more vibrantly, and how you can grow in your life, or in even network marketing, if that's something that you're into. But you know, check it out see all the amazing things that, you know, Vanessa has experienced and learned and that she teaches and helps other people with and see how you can apply it to your life so that you can live more vibrantly and have a lovely day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vibrant Life Allies. I have a very special show for you today. Um, I'm here with Vanessa, and she's not really a coach in the traditional sense, but I will let her introduce herself and tell you about her and what it is that she does. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so exciting. (laughs) My pleasure. Um, so yeah, as Lisa said, my name is Vanessa Campbell. And again, as Lisa said, I'm just, I wanted to start with a disclaimer that I'm not a coach in the traditional sense of the profession in that I don't have a coaching business where clients pay me for the service of coaching them. Um, I'm actually a network marketing professional, but through the industry, through my business, there is a lot of personal development and a lot of coaching involved. I predominantly um, coach people on things like leadership, mindset, and self-belief. And But actually, my, my background is completely different to any of that, to entrepreneurship, to coaching, to anything like that. My background is actually as a professional performer, so all singing, all dancing. I love it. <laughs> I did that for, I was one of those people, I was very, very blessed and lucky to have been able to to have a really successful career in an industry that's very, very fickle. And I did that for about 10 years. Um, And actually, during that time at the height of my career is when I came across kind of the opportunity um, within the industry of network marketing. And uh, I remember at the time, I was definitely not somebody who was necessarily looking for opportunities or anything like that. Um, But I'm so grateful that I was open-minded enough to listen to it all because it actually, I mean, it has been an amazing blessing in my life, but the biggest thing has been, it opened up this world of personal growth to myself. (laughs) Whereas before I'd never even heard of the term personal development. So that was kind of my, uh, the start of my growth journey and I'm still learning. I think we never stop evolving and growing. But now years later, I'm able to pass that forward, which in my opinion, is just the most, there's nothing more fulfilling. And I'm sure as a coach, right, (laughs) you, that's, I have a lot of other friends who are coaches in the traditional sense. 
And I think the greatest thing you can feel is that fulfillment of watching somebody grow and develop and kind of unhooking those things that are holding them back and watch them kind of step into their greatness. There's literally nothing more fulfilling than that. And yeah, so I I mean, network marketing is basically just a great platform for somebody to coach and help others. Um, So I like to say it's basically coaching, but with leverage. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's a very fascinating story. Um, I'm sure that you had a lot of experience with working on mindset and those kind of issues being a performer, because that seems like an industry that would be very difficult to to thrive in. Um, without certain mindsets in place. (laughs) Do you know what's funny? I mean, I I think definitely there is a certain mindset that is developed. I think people of that industry because it's so cutthroat. However, what I find actually performers, of course, I'm biased because I come from that industry probably, but um, performers more than any other group need personal development (laughs) because we have so much stuff, right? Especially when it comes to self-belief, because we're constantly told that we're not good enough constantly. Right. And constantly criticized. So not only do we have our stories and that negative self-talk, that talk that we have had probably from childhood, on top of that, you have the extra baggage of the industry telling you how crappy you are basically. Um, So there's a lot of um, basically lack of self-worth, I think, in the industry. So that's actually the reason I'm so passionate about self-belief is because it's something that I've, I struggled with for a long time and I'm a a recovering, not good enougher, you know? (laughs) So me too. I like that recovering, not good enougher. So definitely self-belief and believing that you're not good enough are, I think, very valuable topics for the listeners. Um, I work with my clients with that. I've, I've worked on myself with that with my coach. So with network marketing, even though this can apply to anyone, how, how do you see, you know, those kind of issues manifesting themselves? My gosh, I think, like you said, it's, I think it's the, the core of everything. There's so many different, um, you know, struggles and, limiting beliefs that people struggle with. But I do think self-belief, if somebody can unhook that stuff, then kind of everything else stems from that. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, I do think that's the foundation of it all. Um, Because if you can like guide somebody to learn, to start believing genuinely that they are good enough, they can be unstoppable. But that could be the very thing that is literally holding people back. I mean, I definitely, I think the thing with self-belief is that it can feel when you have limiting beliefs and you've got your inner inner critic, it can really feel sometimes that you're stuck. It can have such a hold of somebody. And I've definitely felt that. And I know there's, um, I mean, maybe some of the listeners are experts when it comes to maybe issues like this, because they've kind of done the work themselves um, in self-coaching and other things. And maybe some listeners, you know, have are very new to all this, you know, but I often find that, especially at the beginning of somebody's journey, they think self, like self-confidence, self-belief is something that you either have or you don't. People Mm. tend to believe that it's maybe a bit of a personality trait. 
right? Absolutely is not. (laughs) It's a, it's something that's learnable and can be obtained. And also it isn't just as clear as, oh, you either have self-belief or you don't. You know, I think sometimes people feel helpless in the, in that story, telling themselves that, oh, I'm, I'm just not confident. I'm just, I just don't have that self-belief, you know, I always, I always say to people, you know, self-belief is like bathing. It doesn't last. You have to intentionally work on it regularly. You don't just have it and then poof, that's it. You know, maybe people look at you, you know, your clients or myself and they think, oh my gosh, you know, Lisa's got it all figured out. She's got so much self-belief. And what they don't realize is that, well, yeah, you do, but it's uh, just as a result of the fact that you've actively worked on it and probably continue to work on it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people, they think, you know, I... I'm born with anxiety. I am, you know, I'm not a positive person and this is how it is. And that's something that I am passionate about helping them see that that's not true because I mean, people I work with now, they're like, you're so kind. You're so bubbly. You're so nice. And I'm like, no, I was, I was not born this way. (laughs) I was, I was so anxious that I was bitter and angry and closed off. I thought I didn't like people. Like, I would say I don't like people <laughs> and I felt bad. And as I worked with my coach, you know, before I became a coach to work through those things, I realized that I was just so anxious and preoccupied and worried and ripping myself apart that I just didn't, I didn't see the space that I had for others. And when I started working on that, I didn't even think about, oh, I should, you know, do this for others or be kinder or that it just happened. Absolutely. Cause it was, it was there all the time, but yeah. I did, I didn't know that. And so, you know, I, I, I worry and I try to reach those people who I know they're thinking that it's just, it's just not for them because of, it's not a trait that they have, which is not true. So I'm so glad that, that you mentioned that. And I went <laughs> way off on it because I was just so excited. <laughs> oh, I love it, but no, just completely, you know, echoing everything you said in terms of, you know, how you said it just kind of happened naturally, that side of you that people maybe admire, it's because your cup was then filled and then you could pour from it. It just overflowed. That's the thing you can't possibly, if you don't have self-love, I personally believe you can't truly love another human. If you don't have that self-love, you can't give what you don't have. So it actually starts with you, doesn't it? And so right, right. of course that happened, right? Because you, you, you filled up your cup first. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I like that, that you mentioned that it's something that you have to keep doing. I think that's one way that self-belief can be very tricky. And even, especially with people like they get into maybe network marketing or starting their own business of some kind. And so they have a level of self-belief because they stepped out and they're like, I can do this and I want to do this. And this sounds great. But then, you know, challenges come and there are things that they don't know because it's a new experience. And then maybe they don't see that it's a self-belief thing. And they're like, oh, well, this just isn't for me then. Right. And and that's a self-limiting belief. And so it could be a little tricky in that way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that that's the you see that a lot. And that goes for anything. I think, like you said, if, if somebody decides to go on a a health kick and kind of transform their level of health or says, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to compete in some sort of, you know, fitness competition. 
Or like you said, they they take that leap of faith of starting their own traditional business. I mean, that never mind network marketing. Like I think it takes so much courage to start your own traditional business in the traditional sense of the word without like a platform, right? And like you said, so they've got that courage, but then there's always stuff. There's always another level. And I think right. it's so much harder to face our demons and to kind of, it's easier to, to kind of pass on maybe the accountability to something or someone else, right? So that's, you know, they'll get up to a certain point and yes, there'll be challenges for, let's say that example of somebody trying to compete in this fitness competition of some sort and they come up against challenges and then they say, oh, it's just wasn't for me. Similar to starting a traditional business, you know, right. oh, it just, it just wasn't for me. And as you said, that is, that's just a story. It's not true, but it was, they just needed a tiny bit more of courage to come face to face with the reality that maybe they just didn't feel good enough to kind of start unpacking that, you know, it's that kind of yeah, that per- the personal development journey is it requires it's like growing pains, right? You just right. kind of have that amount of that amount of courage, and it it sucks at first. It really does. Um, but if you have just enough courage to kind of go through it, I always tell people, oh my gosh, when you get to the other side, it is incredible. And things happen in life all the time that can knock you sideways, right? You could all the work that you've done on yourself as a coach. I guarantee there's things that can happen just randomly in your life that will kind of send you spiraling again to kind right. of that just work because we're human. <laughs> it's it's you never arrive and it's okay. And I think I think it's important to talk about that because then we demystify this thing. I think people think they have to be, you know, oh, if I'm, you know, if I, if I was as good as Lisa, then that means I would have had everything figured out. And it's, I, and I would never, ever have another negative self-belief or negative right. thoughts. That's not true. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so you can still make so much progress and make such a difference to yourself and it'd be okay to sometimes, you know, go off course a little bit, but as long as you're kind of, I think the most important thing is having that awareness and the tools, knowing the tools to kind of get yourself back on track either yourself or like you said, with a coach. And I'm a big advocate. I I personally believe there's a lot that you can do on yourself, uh, you know, on yourself for yourself. But I'm a big believer that if you're truly serious about wanting to reach your highest potential, you need coaches (laughs) for every area of your life. Like you really do. Everyone does. So it is such a great investment to get a coach. I would tell every, all the listeners to do that basically. Absolutely. I would as well. (laughs) No. And you know, it's, that's a great point that you mentioned about, you know, when we, when they think that it's not for them because they're getting to, you know, something's happened or something's changed. I think that's one way that, that we stay small in order to stay safe is we start branching out and then things aren't going that well. We're looking at whoever in the industry and we're like, well, why I should be able to do like them and I'm not. So it's not for me. And you know, that is just a part of growth, right? Anytime you start feeling that uncomfortable and you know, it's a learning experience, you're failing. That's yeah. a part of the process. If, if you would like to grow and to progress. Oh my gosh. So, so much. I mean, 
there's a great, if somebody's kind of struggling with coming to terms, because I think sometimes the fear of being wrong, getting it wrong, failing can be the thing that actually stops people from actually taking that first step or following through with what they actually wanted, like you said, to reach the other side, which is just, oh, it's incredible. And a great book, I, I think probably in my humble opinion, the best book I know about kind of to do with failure, the fear of failure is um, John C. Maxwell's Failing Forward. Incredible, incredible book. So, you know, even just starting with things like that, you know, get a book <laughs> um, on a topic that you feel like, yeah, failure doesn't sound like, it. you know, I'd rather stay small than fail, then there is definitely that fear is 100% holding you back. So yeah, Failing Forward, John C. Maxwell, incredible, incredible book. I'm surprised that I, I have not heard of that and I want to read it right now. Oh, I have, <laughs> I've written that down um, because that's another thing, just like self-belief that you work on. You might understand that failure is part of the process, but it still can be challenging to go through. So any, any work you can do on being able to, you know, get comfortable with, with failure and that it's part of the process, I think is beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it's just, I think we, we think failure is the opposite of success, but actually success simply lies on the other side of failure. They're not opposite, right? Exactly. So if we learn to kind of become buddies with failure and Actually, if you want to succeed again in whichever capacity, it doesn't have to be anything, you know, grander. It can be something that you just want to be, do, have, achieve, whatever's important to you. Then actually you want to double your rate of failure because the more you fail, it's actually, you're just going to learn. And there is, you only fail, I think, if you give up on yourself or you quit. Right. Don't actually fail. You're just learning and you're just figuring out, you know, that, Thomas Edison, how many times he had to like figure out for the light bulb a lot of times. And he just said, I didn't fail. I just found a lot of ways how not to do something. You know what I mean? That's it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um I was listening to Brooke Castillo on the, the Life Coach School podcast. And I don't remember who she was talking about. So I apologize for that. But she was talking about someone's work. And he actually went so far as to have a goal of, how many failures to have every day, because if you're not failing, you're not, you're not growing, you're not, you know, doing anything new or different. And so I remember hearing that and I was like, well, I'm not there yet, but that, I mean, that is something that someone who's very successful is that they're looking for. They're looking for their failures. So they know that they're continuing to grow. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it, it's always, you know, <clears throat> it's that thing that again, it's not that, you'll, you won't feel the fear. You will. <laughs> again, having courage is something again, that everybody has inside them. Um, and the people that you, that they might look and think, Oh my gosh, they're so brave or they're not afraid of anything. That's not true. <laughs> they, we are, we all have these fears. It's just that we just have a tiny bit more courage to just feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we admire courage and bravery, but they're really, there is no courage or bravery without fear. Right. Oh my gosh. If there was no fear, then it, it wouldn't be courageous to do it. <laughs> so totally. know that that's normal when you feel that way and then take that step and do it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love it. <laughs> so 
what are then maybe some of the self-limiting beliefs that that you see a lot? Um, so definitely feelings of not being good enough. Definitely a lot of yeah unworthiness and not feeling good enough, and that negative self-talk that again people might might say I, I think I believe in myself, but then they actually are constantly self-sabotaging themselves mm-hmm. because they don't actually feel worthy to be, have, do whatever, you know, fill in the blank. So that really, you know, negative self-talk, that's, that's the thing where I, I notice so much is that we just constantly, maybe because we're as children, I mean, who knows why, but as children, we're, we're told no a lot, right? So, um, and we just have maybe with whatever has happened in the past, we carry some shame. There's a lot of shame I find um, also around the feelings of not feeling good enough, um, worthy, et cetera. You know, I find that there's, for whatever reason, there's shame wrapped around all that Mm -hmm. and actually just kind of learning to, to let go and release all that shame. (laughs) And, and I think also people can feel that their past basically defines their future defines everything. And I think just kind of learning to use, you know, the past to kind of learn from it. Absolutely. But really just learning to surrender and let go. And I think that's the hardest thing. Like, I think as much as it's painful to have all these limiting beliefs about ourselves, not feeling good enough, not worthy, we create an identity from that. And so letting go of all that can also feel really scary. It's it's like, there's a payoff usually. Right. linked to that, which I talk about a lot whenever I'm working with someone about that, like, what is the payoff? Because there's got to be a payoff if you're continuing this kind of self-sabotage, even self-destructive thing. What is it? And like kind of digging deeper and finding what is the payoff for you. And oftentimes it's that thing of people are afraid to let go. Um, You know, we all have the good, the bad and the ugly, but letting go of the bad and the ugly means that, you know, they think, oh, my gosh, if I if I'm not this person that believes that has, you know, these feelings of unworthiness, this all of that stuff, then who am I? You know, it's like they've created this identity and realizing that that is not true. Again, all these stories that we play in our heads, like none of that is real. And just knowing that, you know what lies when, when we have the courage to let all that go and surrender, then that person that is, it is still you. It's just, you just step into your greatness and to become that best version of you. Right. It's still you. You've just been writing the story and right. you're writing it. So you can change it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little character development, but yeah, I mean, that can be very scary. You know, I know that was something I struggled with having, being diagnosed with anxiety. And there were times when I was, I started peeling the anxiety away with my coach and I would see other issues that my anxiety would manifest. And I was like, I would have that thought, well, is that all I am? And then later I would have the thought that, well, if I'm not anxious anymore, what's stopping me? Yeah. And then that was terrifying. Yeah. It was like, like oh gosh. <laughs> that's where that identity comes in. Like, nope, I need to be an anxious person because if I'm not, then, then there's nothing holding me back. And I have, I might have to do all this amazing stuff that I think yeah. part of me thinks that I can do, but I'm not. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That is so, so true. So, so true. But also I was just kind of um, thinking like things that you, you asked me for, but 
what I find people struggle with is also, it can be like little things. So one of the things that can really chip away at someone's self-belief is not committing to yourself in terms of not keeping promises to yourself. Because mm. every time you let yourself down, if you say you're going to do something or and then you don't, every time you do that, it's like that inner critic is going, yeah, see, told you so. You're definitely not good enough. You're lazy. You're this, you're that. Mm. So yes, even making that, because again, sometimes that can, oh, just, you know, work on your self-love and self-believe and believe that you're worthy. That can feel like a big task, carry scary task for people, but just kind of making those small shifts of, you know what, my intention is whatever I say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and sticking to it and doing that, doing what you promised yourself you were going to do. Oh my gosh. Like that can raise someone's self-belief so much you know, without them realizing, you know, without having to do like the really hard work. Right. That That's true. A lot of times we'll keep commitments to other people, but not our, our own commitments. And so, you know, that's what we're seeing. And that's what we're teaching ourselves is that we can't be counted on. Yeah. We're just reinforcing those neural pathways that are so strong. Right. And that inner critic is just saying, told you so, you know, I mean, you were just giving strength to that side of us that is being really nasty to us all the time. Whereas actually finding ways to disprove those stories, then it's actually, no, see, I'm right. I am amazing. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's what we, we overlook, you know, your, your brain wants to prove itself right. And if you're carrying these self-limiting beliefs, it's only looking for evidence to prove you right. So (laughs) that that's important to start shifting that so that you can see the evidence that you are good enough and you are capable of amazing things. So what are some of the things um, that you, you maybe teach people to help them with this or that maybe someone listening could do to work on their self-belief? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, we've talked about it now. It's like, you can start like really just with little things, whatever you set yourself as an intention for the day, commit that to yourself and then follow through because the hardest person to ever lead is ourselves. Right. Right. Like that's the hardest person you'll ever have to lead. Um, And if you do that, then you've won the day. Like how incredible is that? Then of course, affirmations is something that we look at again. That's a entire huge topic in itself of affirmation. There's so many books out there though. Like, you know, even if people, are not quite ready to invest in hiring a coach and they want to start just doing things themselves. There's so much out there, you know, when it comes to like, well, if you're new to affirmations, how do you actually do it? And so we work on kind of changing those disempowering statements and beliefs and turning them into empowering statements, mirror work, you know, writing stuff down on the mirror and actually saying it out loud yourself, looking like a crazy person, all of that. Now, and affirmations are amazing. I'm a fan. Um, the one thing that sometimes I can find with that is, and I, I definitely experienced it, is when you have, when you carry a, a belief that is, you know, really not serving you, and then you simply try and do the complete opposite and try and like create that opposite belief, they can be so much resistance, right? So right. much. 
because, and that's okay. You can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm totally lying. I definitely don't believe what I'm saying, but that's okay. And that's simply because where you are compared to what you're saying, there's just a huge gap in energy normally. And so then the things that we work on is, is how to kind of bridge that gap slowly rather than like, you know, trying to, oh no, I will believe it. And it's such a big gap. There's just going to be so much resistance, right? Right. Exactly. Um, so the thing that I use again, none of this is mine. I've just taken it from the giants before me, you know, all these amazing people that have written books. Um, so one of the things I use is the emotional guidance scale. It's um, something that Abraham Hicks, their books, they use. So it's basically kind of yeah, you can get this, the emotional scale on Google from Abraham Hicks. If you Google that, you can get it, print it off and just stick it somewhere. So the whole premise of that is it basically on a scale, it shows kind of starting with like the, the lowest vibration of uh, energy of, of emotions, which has the lowest uh, vibration going up to the highest kind of emotions where the vibration is a lot higher. And it lists them all kind of in that scale. And whenever you're feeling kind of a little bit off or whatever your emotions are, and I think it's important to sit with those emotions because again, um, another thing people try and do is, and I've definitely done this as well, whenever you have these negative feelings that, and again, as humans, we don't like to have those, they don't feel good. So we try and like, you know, bottle them up or avoid them at all costs because they don't feel good. But the worst thing you can do is try and resist them. <laughs> Again, exactly. what you resist kind of comes back even stronger. Um, but this emotional scale thing is, is incredible, I think, because it basically helps you to identify, okay, out of this, where do you feel like whatever you're feeling right now, what best describes from that emotional scale, what des- best describes your emotions right now? And then once you identify that, the question you ask yourself, and I love this, is, what's the next best feeling you can reach for right now? So let's say if you're feeling um, powerless and that's like quite low down in the emotional scale, if you try and reach for joy, for example, which is quite high up there, it's out of your reach right now because energetically it's not matching. So you're, all you're looking for is the next best feeling, which can be, you know, some of them it's surprising. Like you can move from feeling powerless to, can you feel angry? You know, that's actually, that's, um, I was thinking in my mind that that yeah. makes sense to me to be the next step. Anger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you feel angry? And people think really that's, that's more positive. Yeah. <laughs> You're moving up the emotion, the emotional scale. So it's kind of guiding yourself through throughout the day. And then as the day goes through, it's like, okay, I'm feeling angry now. What's the next best feeling you can reach for? And that's kind of a way to kind of bridge that gap. So we do work on that. Um, another thing we work on is I think awareness is such a big part of all this. I think if, if you are aware of that negative self-talk of your true kind of beliefs about yourself, then you're the 50% of the battle is won. you know, but the hard thing is when you're not even aware of all that, right? So it's just kind of catching yourself whenever you do have those inner critic thoughts, those feelings of unworthiness. And then another thing I love this question, if I truly loved myself, I mean, truly loved myself, would I fill in the gap? So would I uh, be just, you know, would I be having this thought or would I 
you know, and just that, that simple question of if I truly loved myself, would I, you know, um, then the other part of all that is when you have that awareness is forgiving yourself for having those thoughts. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Like not beating yourself up with a guilt stick because, because then again, you're going on down a spiral of that's exactly what you're in a critic once, right? (laughs) Right. Um, you're shaming yourself for beating yourself up right? and it's like that for beating yourself up. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it's never ending. Um, but actually, you know, acknowledging this is how you feel, um, sitting with those feelings, forgiving yourself for having those feelings. And then do you know what? It's a, it can be as simple as I just choose again. Whenever you have a negative thought or something that's not serving you, forgive the thought and simply choose again. That can feel so like, sometimes I think we can get so heavy with stuff like this and it's actually, oh, I'm just going to choose again. That's fine. We think that the thought, you know, popped into our mind that it, that it automatically means something, but it doesn't until we give it that meaning. So if, Absolutely. if we look at the thought and we're like, oh, okay, no, I don't want that thought. Shuffle. <laughs> you know, yeah. What's the next thought? Let me go with that one if it's better. (laughs) I love that. Absolutely. Then meditation, I think, is another great tool. Again, some of the listeners, if you're new to all this and you want to start, you know, kind of taking the steps is look into meditation. If you're you're new to it and you know you've heard about it, but never really tried it. Oh my goodness, meditation. I would say if someone asked me, name one thing that has made a huge difference in your life, if you had to pick only one, I'd say meditation. I meditate every single morning. I think meditation as well is such a personal thing. There is no, in my opinion, no right or wrong way of doing it. There's so many different types of meditation as well. And I think it's about taking that time to find whatever type of meditation resonates with you and then trying that out. A great app, if you're completely new to it, a great app is Headspace. Yes, I love that space. Yeah, that is special. Yeah, it's just a great introduction to, you know, again, I think demystifying like who meditation and again, meditating again, sometimes people think, oh, do I have to sit cross-legged, you know, and chant om five times a day? <laughs> like right. not necessarily, you know what I mean? Right. Um, that's what resonates. Sure. But it doesn't have to be that. It's simply just learning how to go inwards and letting things come up as they do and just kind of realigning yourself with that. And then off the back of meditating, then journaling. That's another thing that can really help once whatever, allowing whatever wants to come up to come up when you meditate. And then just doing that mind dump, I think can be so revealing for a lot of people and so therapeutic as well for ourselves to kind of write everything down and through journaling it's amazing some of the light bulbs and and realizations I think you can have for yourself oh another thing as well like when it comes to feeling good enough you can try this you know over the next few days write a list of a hundred achievements that you've had and now and as soon as you say that number people freak out and like I definitely haven't achieved a hundred things yes you have <laughs> yeah it's true if you, if you sit yes. down and think about it you'll you'll get there yeah absolutely and it can be things like I learned to ride a bike do you know what that can seem like oh but everybody not everybody <laughs> you know right true. not everybody and do you know what you couldn't ride a bike and now you can ride a bike 
So that's an achievement. And when you write down like all these achievements that you've had and then, you know, look back at them, that's another great exercise you can do to realize like, I'm a badass, like I'm amazing. Then gratitude, another great tool, you know, writing three things that you're grateful for before you go to bed. It's that mindset shift, just like you said, um, Lisa, that nothing has meaning than the meaning we give it, right? But if we're only focusing on scarcity and everything that's missing from our lives and the lack of it, then that's a prime environment for you not feeling good enough. Right. If you shift to look at all the things you have to be grateful for, what that will do is that will raise your vibration. And if we, you know, if um, some listeners might be like, what are they talking about? Like, just go with it (laughs) with us. Everything is energy. Trust me. (laughs) Right. So if you just accept that for one second, that everything is energy and simply raising our vibrations is kind of the start to feeling good, the start of feeling good enough and owning our greatness, then doing like focusing on gratitude and doing a gratitude list will raise that vibration and will make you feel good like over time. And then lastly, I would say is doing something that brings you joy every day. Absolutely. Then all about shifting that energy. So it can be the smallest thing. Again, where we all live busy lives. We have 110 people, you know, requiring our attention and everything all around us all the time. But making a point of protecting, even if it is 20 minutes a day, where it's your time and during those 20 minutes and you protect it, like your life depends on it, where during that time, you're just going to do something that makes you feel good, whatever that is. Is it watching an episode of your favorite program on Netflix with a hot cup of hot chocolate? Mm. Is it, you know, playing some music and just dancing around like a loon, (laughs) you know, whatever it is that's going to bring you joy. Now, remember, I'm not saying you've got to feel ecstatic, just something that makes you feel good. That's the whole point. Actually feeling good should be in your top three priorities every day. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Feel good. Because if we can feel good more often than all the other stuff, the more empowering beliefs, like things start to align basically. So yeah, those are some things that can, yeah, hopefully really help. Those are a lot of things that I I teach and use in my coaching. So um, everybody like will probably be listening to that part of the, of the episode on, on repeat, like, wait, what, what else can I do? What else can I do? That was a lot of, of really good stuff. So thank you for, for So a rundown of excellent tools to improve your life or grow your life. So thank you very much for that. And you have given us so much today. Um, Are there any last words that you have or, you know, how can people connect with you and give us that kind of information? Sure. Um, So I don't have any necessarily special offers and anything like that, but I would love to reach out to if I can serve anybody, then it, yeah, it just brings me so much joy. So if anybody wants to reach out and connect with me on Instagram, um, my handle is Vanessa Campbell P as in Papa at the end, Um, connect with me, you know, ask me questions, please reach out. I, yeah, I, I'm a big believer that together we're better. 
you know, and if we can help each other, then that's the whole, I don't know, meaning of life. <laughs> you know, there is, there is no better thing. Like just together we are better. So yeah, please, please, please reach out. Um, I'd love to hear your story, you know, and also you know, I can definitely learn a thing or two from everybody else as well. So definitely share your story with me. I'm on this journey with you guys. Definitely haven't arrived yet or will won't ever, you know. And some last thoughts is that I just want you to realize, everybody that's listening, what a gift you actually are to the world. So good. Um, the probability of you being alive today with you as in with everything that you are is something again crazy don't quote me on the exact ratio but it's like one in a trillion or something crazy like that like you are a miracle (laughs) and my desire is that I've even if I've said one thing and sparked a tiny light that you can maybe start believing that then that's amazing and you have so much to give to the world and I think just to quote one of my favorite um, speakers and trainers, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he says, what's the, the richest place in the world? And the answer to that is the graveyard, because so many, you know, it's filled with books unwritten, songs never sung, you know, unfulfilled potential. It's the richest place in the world. So to quote the legend that is Dr. Wayne Dyer, like, don't die with your music still in you. You have so much to give to this world. And if you don't do it for yourself, do it for us. <laughs> like, do it for us because by you shining your light, you're making all our lives better. So. Right. Absolutely. That's very beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for, sh- for sharing that. And and thank you so much for your time today. Um, for, thank you. you know, anyone who's listening and you struggle with self-belief and these things that we've talked about, you know, connect um, with Vanessa. She is an amazing resource and a a leader in this area and helping you with that. So just reach out to her and thank you so much for, for being here today. Lisa, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's an honor. All right, everyone go out there, take what you've learned and, and put it into practice and live more vibrantly.